Praise the Lord this morning. I'm going to talk about something this morning. Something that's very important. It's probably the single most important thing in the Word of God that we ever stumble across. Without it, it's impossible to please Him. And without it, you can't believe that He is who He is. You can't have Him without it. You can't do nothing with Him without it. So you're stuck without this one thing if you don't have it. And there's such thing as foolishness of this. Um, throwing yourself out in front of a, a uh, moving car or something. Um, but then again, it says, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, or bus, or train. Uh, none of those things are going to be healthy for you, and that's just plain stupidity. And that has nothing to do with what the Word of God talks about. Amen. Amen. Um, and, but yet, we find ourselves every day walking right out of this very thing. It's the very essence of Christianity. Right. It's the very essence of Judaism. It was the very, I mean, it was how it was founded. It was how it started, you know, uh, all the way back with Melchizedek and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so this very vital thing we're going to talk about this morning, which is faith. You know, I touched a little bit on it after Christopher's lesson last, last, last week. I said, there's some things you're going to have to take it by faith or you just ain't going to get it. You're not going to live an unexpected life after being diagnosed with pancreatic cancer if you don't have the faith to believe that. And everybody around him had a hard time with that. And from his standpoint, he had nothing else but that. (laughs) That's it. But he is a living miracle. Whether you all believe it or not, you want to sit here and question, is God real? Is all this stuff really real? There is nobody else I've ever seen live this long with pancreatic cancer. Go look it up. Because this man believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's his faith that has making him live and be standing here today. He's a living testimony. He has not just beat this. This time, as he's going through it, he's beat other sicknesses that have attacked his pancreatic, pancreas or whatever it is inside there. And they, the other people in the room died, but he walked out of the room because of Jesus Christ, because of his faith in God. Amen. Because of that one thing, faith, that's what made him walk out of there. It wasn't him. It wasn't the doctors. It was nothing but just blind faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, even his wife at times had problems. She sits here and she sees all the issues. She sees this and sees that. From a medical standpoint and all that, hard. Only the faith in God is the reason he's still here this morning at church. Still getting around, amen. Still mowing. And people have a lot of hard time with this. That faith thing didn't work for me. Yeah, they told me that the windows of heaven were going to open up and things were going to be pressed down, shook up, and overflowing. Went in there and I tied for two Sundays. I got nothing out of it. That's not faith. That's not faith. And I'm going to tell you something. You don't put in the pot unless you believe in it. Amen. Because if you don't believe in it, you might as well go out and blow it. It ain't going to do no good. 
amen, for you. But if you believe in it, if you believe in what that's doing, and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he will honor his word. He has no choice. He said, I am not man, then I should not lie, amen. amen. He set that up. Can your God not do anything? Well, there are some things my God can't do. He can't lie, he can't cheat, and he can't steal. Several other things he can't do neither. Amen. He can't let me down. He says he's just as far as the mention of his name. Amen. Amen. He said, I shall not leave thee. I shall not forsake thee. I shall go to thee to the ends of the earth. Amen. Amen. That means even when you walk in the middle of a sin, guess what? God is there. Amen. I don't like it either when somebody's doing wrong and I'm looking at them and going, you're all wrong. And then God delivers them. Come on. We've all had it. We, I didn't want to say, you pay for what you did. Amen. It ain't fair. Well, God never said he was fair. He said he was righteous and he was just. Amen. And he said he loved the sinner enough that he died for him that he might walk out of his sin into the likeness of me. Amen. Bless God. The first reading this morning is Luke chapter 9. We walk through life. God, I want you to talk to me. God, I want you to say something to me. And God talks to you. And for the moment, you can even believe Him. But that's not all of what faith is. Now in chapter 9, verse 18, they're all sitting around the campfire one night. And it came to pass, as He was alone praying... His disciples were with him and asked him, saying, Whom say the people that I am? They answering said, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others say that one of the old prophets is risen again. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Peter answering. Peter. Peter, Peter answering, said, the Christ of God. One short, quick thing. You can imagine how that happened. You know, how standing around there, and they're all saying, well, who is he? You know, all that. And they, they, they give the answer. This is what the people think. And then he says, what do you guys think? Peter, the important thing is, with what Peter answered with, the Lord goes on. Let's just read the rest of this. And the straightly charged them and commanded them, tell no man that this thing, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected of elders, priests, and scribes, and be <clears throat> raised the third day. And he said to all of them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is the man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words and of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. And when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels, but I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. 
And I like it. I believe it's in Matthew where he actually looked at him and says, not flesh and blood that has revealed this to you, but by the Spirit. <clears throat> and that's important because Peter wasn't answering something with his own knowledge, his own understanding. He was answering something by purely by faith, just by believing. That's who he is. And that may sound easy. And it was, it was easy for the moment. But guess what? It wasn't easy later, was it? He denied him three times. The same guy. Think about it. <clears throat> the one thing that I admire about Jesus that he did more of than probably any of us in this room have ever done is pray. Every time you read, just like in that instance, he always was withdrawing himself from praying. Why? Why was he doing that? How does faith cometh? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. He was wanting God's voice. What, what do we hear if we don't? We hear our own voice. That's what we hear. We hear the voice of our flesh, our own desires, our own wants, our own needs, whatever you want to call them. That's what we hear, and that's what we base things on. That's what we base our decisions on. And it isn't easy um, to walk in faith. I can tell you through my experiences, through things that I've been going through with, with my business, I built six houses. Only two of them made any money, and I'm going to tell you that that money was no because the rest of them definitely went in the hole. I'm still here. I'm still moving forward, and I'm still seeking God. It didn't change any of that. You see, you don't change that. You know, you think the first time that Abraham stopped at a place and set up his tent, the Lord said, no, you're not there yet. Keep going. And he had to pull it up. Sometimes he had a comfortable spot. We all get comfortable, too. We all want to get comfortable in our own little space, you know. I wanted to build a certain house at a certain cost point and do all these certain things. And now I'm finding myself having to do other things. And maybe the reality is, is there's a certain class of people that God wants me to be putting houses in for because that's what's out there. And I trust in Him that He knows the future. And it took a while for me to get there because I'm strong-minded, for lack of a better word. I'm sure my wife has other words but in there. But, <laughs> but sure... But it takes a strong-minded person to pull through, to endure. Life isn't easy. I'm going to tell you something. Serving God ain't going, to, ain't going to make just life a bowl of cherries and all that. That isn't going to happen. This is what I promise you, is that in every situation that you will come out on top at the end. Now, where the end of that situation is, that's the problem. We don't always know where it is. I've been on this journey. It's supposed to be a six-year a six thing, and I'm on my third year, and I'm not even 25% of the way through. So you can see where those numbers add up. And it's hard. Sometimes my faith, as like that song says, my faith gets a little thin. But let me tell you something. That's why you need to come to church. Why? Because you need to build your faith. That's where do you hear the Word of God. Hear the Word of God at church. Amen. And when you hear the Word of God, it strengthens your faith. That's what this is all about. And somebody tries to tell me, I don't need that church thing. I'm going to tell you something. And you ain't going through nothing. Amen. Amen. You must be on easy street somehow. Because I'm going to tell you something. I need the strength of God each and every day. This man can't do it. 
You may look at my life and think, well, he's just doing just fine and he's going through this and that. I'm going to tell you something. There's times in my life when I have no peace of mind, I have nothing, and I just want to throw a mad fit and scream. Okay, it happens. There's a lot of people that don't know all the things that go on in my life. They might scream too. (laughs) I'm sure there's things in your life that would make me scream. But church is where the Word of God is. That's what you hear. That's what you're listening to this morning. Amen. If I don't give you something, something that comes through me by the power of God, amen, that touches your heart, touches your soul this morning, amen, then you came in here for nothing. You might as well have went down and watched a movie and got entertained, amen. But if you came in here and you were touched by the Word of God and it sparked something in you, amen, Come on, and it sparks something in you that says, I know I can make it through this. I know in whom I have believed. I know that if I resist the devil and I cling to the Word of God and do what it says, the devil has to get out of my life. Amen. Amen. But praise God, that's why you need to come to church. You want to know why? That's why. It isn't about Brother Dave. It isn't about Brother Fred. It's about God. It's about Jesus. It's about looking up to Him and calling on His strength. Because there's times when I walk in here, and even when I'm standing up here, amen, I'm thinking, Lord, what in the world do you have me in this spot for? I need to be somewhere out there definitely today. Amen. I ain't got nothing. Anytime He reminds me. Because... You ain't got it because I haven't given it to you yet. Because if I give it to you every time before you get up there, before you start to talk, then it'll be all about you and you won't need me anymore. Amen. Come on. Because there's one thing about us human beings. We do have a certain amount of things we can do. God did give us the ability to do things. You know, you can lift so much. You can lift 20, 30 pounds, whatever it is. Amen. But what about the time you need to lift 530 pounds? Amen. Come on. That's where God's going to put you. That's where God puts us every time. Amen. It's always something that's out of our control. It's just like what I'm going through with the business right now. Most of it's just out of my control. And I look at it and I think, Lord, what things can we change? What things can we do? And I get all the options out there. And you've got to lay that before the Lord. Lord, what do you want us doing here? Amen. So you pick a direction. So we picked another direction. And building smaller homes for less money. Amen. (laughs) That's what it's about. I I didn't go out to build houses just just for the fun of it, okay? I'm kind of over that right now. (laughs) But praise the Lord, you want to be successful. I want everything that you all do to be successful. Amen. We want a successful church. Amen. In order to receive that, we got to put Jesus in the middle. That's the number one thing. Everything through it, through all of mine and Reed's frustrations, and one day I'm frustrated more than he is, and I have a little more light, and the next day it may be the opposite. But the bottom line is, it's all about the will of God. And we realize more and more every day there's very little that we can do. 
If you want you can turn to Matthew chapter 8. Alright. Two or three verses this morning that we'll kind of go through. You know, it if you look in your Strong's Concordance or in the back of your Bible, you'll find that faith is all over the Word of God, especially the New Testament. If you're going to build anything physically, spiritually, mentally, it has to come by faith. And yeah, our humanity does not like the person that sits there and when everything's falling apart and says, the Lord's going to make a way. He's going to do. But be patient. Just be patient. The Lord's going to move. And when He does, then that's when we'll strike. That's when we'll do what we need to do. We'll wait on the voice of the Lord so we know what to do next. Sometimes you just, you just got to sit back and uh, say, no, let's not do nothing right this second. And then the voice of the Lord will come. And then it's time to go forward. And it will usually be when it seems most unlikely to be successful and to work. And then when you look back on it, you say, well, God was surely in the midst of it. Right. We're no different than every act that was done in the Bible. David and Goliath. By mathematical standards, David should not have won. Right. Gideon, by mathematical standards, Gideon should not have won. By mathematical standards, Jesus should not have been able to get up out of the ground and walk right. and be seen by over 500 people, whatever it was, witnessed him. Mathematically, that doesn't line up. And we got to watch because sometimes we want things to be in our will, in our way, and we want to invoke and twist the word around to make it be something that it's not. We're pretty crafty. But it was done in the beginning, wasn't it? It was done to us. The serpent, you go back there, that's what he did, that's what it was. It was a play. Did God really say that? And always remember that according to our recording, she never heard God say that. Adam told her. That's why. There's a lot of things that I say that come out and Lucifer can get a hold of you and say, did God really say that? But my suggestion to you is, is to get on your knees and to read the Word of God. And you need to hear God say that. You need to hear it. And you need to hear it for yourself. Because if you can't hear it, then who knows? But there's one thing about it. When you get it, when you hear it, and you know it, nobody can take that from you. I could tell you... I will. Here a minute. Let's go through this part of the story. If I get ahead of myself, get all excited, get ahead of myself. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. And when he was entered into the ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest, 
A tempest means a big turmoil of a storm, okay? I had to look that up. I was like, with a tempest. <laughs> so a bunch of demons there or what? You know, you know attempting or... <laughs> In the sea. In so much that the word that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And the disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are you fearful? O of ye little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? This is towards the beginning of the ministry, you know, first half of it anyways. They had seen all kinds of things, heard him teach, set a good foundation up. And to think, because you're going through a storm, and God's, God's given you something to do. Everybody, it's something different, you know. We all kind of come together because we're going to build a church up on top of this hill up here. And but there's more to each one of our lives than that than just that building and God wants you to build your building whatever that is you know I'm trying to build a, a business there's a couple others in here they're trying to build a business I think all of us are trying to build a family and that's important because if you can't get that part down, I'm going to tell you, the rest of it's going to be really difficult. Because that's the beginning of it. The beginning is always the husband and the wife. It's not the husband and the children, the wife and the children. I love my children. But my spouse is more important place in my household than my children. Period. There is no ups, downs. That's the way that it is. That's the most important. That's the Word of God. And if you get off of that, I'm going to tell you, you get off of that, you get off of that importance, you're going to get a big turmoil that you, that you can't stop. There'll be a big turmoil. And a lot of people don't, well, well, it's all about the kids. It ain't all about the kids. But I'll tell you this, because here's what happens, is if you and your spouse are about each other, the kids ain't going without nothing. And what you give them by the love and respect that you show each other is more than you could ever possibly imagine. You know, I know my daughter, she gets all giddy when she sees me kiss her mommy. Her seeing that affection from a spouse is going to be important for her development later on in life. That she knows that that's appropriate behavior for a spouse. But fear can't have any place of faith. I've experienced it through things that Tabitha and I go through with our children. There's some things that we have went through that I still don't get and understand. Some things we're going through I don't understand. And you can't act all in fear. And that's part of what I know a lot of our situation 
with authorities and everything else, they have tried to put fear into this household. And that's what Lucifer would like. He likes to get a little, little fear, the devils, the demons, whatever you want to call them. And if they can get a little fear going, that's when we get tipsy-turvy. I mean, come on. It's just begin- that they've seen all of this start out. And I know there's some miracles these disciples haven't seen. But do they really think that they're going to perish at this point? Do you really think that this is the point? Because if they perish at this point, then it was for null anyways. He's not who he says he is. He's not the one, right? And, but at this point in time, you realize that they didn't have something that you have. That you received by faith which is the Holy Ghost. They haven't received that yet. That gift, like we have it, sometimes we take that for granted. But let me tell you something. There's times in my life when I need more than just telling myself not to be fearful. I need the strength of God. I need what came on Samson. I need what came on David. At those moments... And I know we would all, there's a lot of times, you see, we never get that until you need it. That's the thing. Right. It has to come on by faith. You don't get it before, and we'd like to get a little bit before. You know, before you walk in the room where they're all getting ready to devour you at whatever it is, that's when we want it. Lord, would you please rise up at me right now and give me the confidence. But it usually comes when we can't do it anymore I'm done I can't do this Lord I need you and that's when he walks in I'm going to tell you every Sunday I get up here every time I'm doing this I don't know if there's a Sunday that goes by that I don't get is Frank the word? (laughs) (laughs) And you would think after this time that it would be, it is easier, I will say that, it is easier, but it is not, you don't want to get up here and it just be me with some good lesson. I want it to be God. I want there to be something in the middle of that lesson where I say, Lord, I need that tape. I need to hear that again. Did I just say that? (laughs) And that may sound strange to some of you, but it was the way, too, that I was born into this. The very first time I ever touched a microphone, I said things that I still don't... I still don't know if I know what I know, what I knew what they were. I had no conception. I didn't even know what the word anointing meant. But it happened, whether I knew what it meant or not. (laughs) And... uh, but what did that take? Faith. Faith. Because I had to do something. I had to, when it got around to me, I had to look at the pastor at that time and say, I'm supposed to come up there. The whole church got pretty quiet. I remember everybody looked. 
he looked over at the rest of the ministry trying to get an answer from them on whether or not that should happen. <laughs> and I touched the mic, and the next thing I know, I'm out of breath and looking around and thinking, what in the world just happened to me? And it took me a while to come to terms that this is what God wanted me to do. It took a while for things to come about. You know, as I was this week pondering, I told my wife about this, about the name of the church. And this was years ago. I might have shared this with you, I don't know. But there's a little more to it than what I thought at first on how precise that he was on his prophecy was that when he told me he said it should be called my house of praise and I never put it together until this week that the, the whole thing you know how you just sit I was just sitting there one day and I thought he said it's going to be mine yeah. my house of praise and 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 I just heard the house of praise part was was the important part, but how he fulfilled that prophecy that he brought through me. But you didn't share that with me. And when I was on the phone with the state, it had to be decided right then because somebody already had that right. talk. At that point in time. And, you know, out of my own lips, I prophesied by the power of God, that was in front of her, that I would be the pastor. And these now may sound like in phenomenal things as much as they were at the present time. But at that time, that church down there was still open. And her and I came back by faith and gave everything that we knew to give. Yes. And to the point there was nothing else, you know. I mean, I, and, and, and then all of a sudden, the Lord did a whole different works. Because yeah. believe me, I was saying, Lord, this is the same thing I went through the last few times and, and this, none of this is working. I mean, I went to town meetings. The town rejected it. The, you know, I talked to people outside of that in the community. I did all kinds of things. Um, and the horse the whole time, I'm thinking, Lord, is this really what you want me to do? And because uh, nothing was working out. Just kind of like Abraham. Settle here for a little bit. Settle there for a little bit. Took him a long time to finally get to the end of his journey. But it was by faith that I walked into that. And it's by faith that I have to walk up here every week and do this. There's a lot of things that I don't understand why, but that's not my job. My job was to walk in faith. And that's sometimes harder when you know the numbers. But it's all relative. 
I could take numbers like this and then I'll tell you situation on how God can promote your faith build it up a little bit is I've had a $500 truck payment besides when we didn't for a few years we didn't have any payments since gosh, 20 years so me having a $500 truck payment I don't flinch at it a $1,000 a month payment I might flinch a little bit so it's all relative well Reed couldn't fathom $500 a month and I, I thought this was funny the way that God did it to him but he went and bought his truck his truck payment was I don't know 250 300 bucks and he went in to set up this one time payment it was supposed to be and uh, um, for this truck payment because they needed it up there or something okay they, they do this payment and they never shut it off and his truck got paid off early it's not bad it's not, not all bad but he paid this, that $500 payment he couldn't imagine and the other day he was sitting in the truck with me and he said I just can't fathom we was talking about new trucks and stuff paying that much for a vehicle and I looked at him I said but you did why can't you fathom I mean, that, that should be easy faith now I mean that ain't even faith no more you done did it <laughs> How are minds? So you tell me church isn't important to come in here and get your faith built up? Yeah. Yeah. How does faith come? Faith come by hearing, of, hearing, by hearing of the word of God. Amen. That's how it's going to happen. The hardest thing that you have to deal with in your whole life of faith is this. The same thing they had to deal with in, the, in that storm. The same thing that Peter had to deal with when he was watching him. I don't understand this. Why is he caught? Why is he going through this? And I can say all kinds of things that can test your faith. There's always, and I always, there's always a dollar amount somewhere. You know, I couldn't imagine five years ago borrowing a half a million dollars. Could not imagine. <laughs> and I remember oh Lord <laughs> it was until I found out that even when everything is falling apart all those payments are coming due because there's payments and then they're big ones I'll share some of them with you I'll tell you one house is $1,300 a month just in interest not counting the land not counting the other things I'm not doing this I'm just doing this to, to get a point across you understand you see, and they're all just numbers I won't do a number thing here in a minute let's see if I finish this but but when I look at that I can't look at it like I have to come up with all this money all the time and do all these things if I did that it would it'd be crazy I have to put this in the hands of God. And then what I found is, is when that side of the business isn't doing well, which it hasn't been doing well for a while, the other side of my business seems to always pick up. And it's harder on the other side. I got to do a lot more, a lot more work, a lot more bidding, a lot more talking to people. I got to, oh, my lands. <laughs> and, and that don't sound like much. 
but at the same time, I got to keep up on the other stuff too. So, yeah, because because just because it's not making money today doesn't mean that I got to give up and say it's not going to make money tomorrow. Because God's given me something to do. I believe that this was foreordained by God. God told me two things that He was going to do. One, that He was going to bless me in my business. And then He was going to have me pastor. Those are two things that I knew was going to happen um, whenever I quit truck driving. I knew that I was walking into those two things. They haven't came about like I would have probably dreamt them up. Um, you know, and it ain't been the, the, the great, big, success, bang thing all at once. It's been a gradual thing. It's been a building thing. And with our church, the only way we're going to build this thing is by faith. And it's kind of funny how money, how, how, let's just look at numbers. And it's always perspective, and it's always what it is. And you look at 350,000. 350,000 peanuts. Is that a lot of peanuts? I mean, it's a few, few peanuts. That make you feel make you feel uncomfortable if I talk about peanuts? If, we, if I say I got 300. Even if I said we need to gather up 350,000 peanuts, guys, all of us together, you wouldn't think it'd be pretty easy, wouldn't it? I mean, we'll go out and get some peanuts. But when we. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot in a can. Yeah, and then we could really double our time because we could count one can and know how much is in each can, and we could just get a bunch of cans. <laughs> right. And now, if I take that same number and I say three hundred fifty thousand dollars, what just happened? <laughs> The zeros didn't change. The money didn't change, did it? Or, or, the, or the numbers. The amount did. But now something got in perspective that all of a sudden, wow. But we also look at it. How did you look at that? You didn't look at that. That. What if I say, me and you and you okay so that's 350 so that's what 112 piece something like that 112,000 huh you, you, you probably take out a second mortgage to pay that <laughs> what if i take the same number and we divide it down again say there's six people so what is that? What's three hundred fifty-eight thousand? You've paid off houses that cost more than that. It doesn't get to sound so bad. So it's always relative, yeah. you know. I know that when I started looking at the new church, and I had to stop myself because at first, of course, I'm looking at this as what if I have to pay that. But this isn't mine to pay for. It. It's God's. It's God's to pay for. It. And I'm not saying not to count costs, things like that. The Bible tells us wise man counts costs. But then there's going to come a certain point when we're building this church. One way or another, I promise you this, no matter how it all pans out,
you got to walk out somewhere on faith by doing what you got to do. And that may mean, I don't know, it may mean that, that we got to get more money before we get there. Maybe we need to get another $100,000 in the bank. I don't know. Don't know any of that yet. There'll be meetings and all kinds of stuff, and everybody will know all of that kind of stuff before it's all over with. But the bottom line is, is that God has foreordained us to put a church up on top of a hill. And I'm going to tell you this. When it comes down to it, I'm going to give. What I've got to give is I've so purposed in my heart to get us to that point. And the other thing that I, <coughs> I know is that I have watched this church and it's giving. And it has to uphold its faith. The only thing that we can't allow to happen again that happened, functions can't be shut down. No matter what. Now, I know there's going to be some people, I may throw some heads, but I have to say this. I have to put this out here because God's put it on me. I'm going to tell you something. We went on a men's retreat, and it was very profitable to this church. I know it costs some money, but it was profitable. And if you don't reinvest back into ourselves, we don't reinvest into our saints and the people that are around us, it will wither up and it will die. And the church, we're all tithing here, we're all giving here to the church. The church needs to pay for those functions. And some people are going to say, well, you're stepping on toes. And here, I'm going to explain this to you. Say this brother here, he can't afford it. This church can't be all about money. Okay? This has to be about investing into the saints. Investing into our community. And if we do that, the other side will come. It always comes. Amen? It has to. The Word says you give, it should be given to you. Pressed down, shook up, and overflowing. Amen? I don't want this brother to have to come to me and say, I can't afford this thing. I can't go. Now, I can leave it open, you see. If the church pays for it, and say this brother, this brother wants to know, well, how much per person did this thing cost? Because we'll know those things. It's part of our job, big good stewards. And he says, well, I've got that money. I'd just like to give it to that fund. Then he's able to do that. He's able to be a blessing. But I don't leave out somebody that can't do that. And that don't want to be humiliated. Amen. Amen. And, And it's important. It's important that the women have a retreat. It's important that we do all of these things. We invest into our youth. We've been really good at that. We've got to do both. Yeah. Amen. We do some fun things together. I mean, whenever we went on our fishing thing that we did, we had some really good spiritual experiences together, and we had some really good fellowship together. Amen. And everybody had a good time. And I know the women, they always do. They always get together, cry, and do all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, but there's all kinds of things like that 
that we have to do. Invest into one another. And you've got to do them by faith. And no matter what we're going through, we've got to continue to build ourselves up in faith. That's why we're here. That's why we're in the, you know, we're in this house right now. You know, the church has done a few things. I'm gonna, it hasn't been uncostly to the church. The church has bought some of the stone. They put a, they bought a toilet, and, and and you know, the church has done some things to help make it where we can have church in here. Amen. And uh, and blessed be to God. You know, it seems like a little far off, but when we roll into that church over there and if you all could envision it that that building sitting up on that hill that big bank's all gone it's all leveled off out front right there a lot of dirt moving but we have the means see we don't even we don't even think about that moving dirt but both those are out there we've all seen dirt move <laughs> he moved dirt <laughs> it might take a while but it can be done and I know it can be overwhelming, 1,153 trees and plants. But like I've always learned, my partner asked me something one time. He said, if you walk in a room and it's all a mess, where do you start? The first piece you come to. Yeah. And I'm pretty gifted in that and in, in able to take something, section it down and do one thing at a time. My wife tries to make me do 10 things at a time a lot of times but <laughs> one thing at a time one foot in front of the other you know and greatness isn't always pretty like we want it we all think the apostle Paul was great don't we how many times was he beat how many times is he put in prison how many times did he praise the Lord even after all that had happened to him shipwrecked all kinds of things that he went through you're going to go through all kinds of things some of the things you're going to bring on yourself I'd say quit bringing those things on yourself and repent <laughs> amen you're going to have enough problems without making more problems <laughs> Pastor Dave you were talking about them in the boat and the waves, temperance and waves and stuff. And also there was a time when Peter said, if, if your Christ bid me to come out to you, so do we want to stay in the boat with the disciples or have faith to step out on the water and walk with Christ? So in that, if you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 11, So we don't have to conjure anything. Now faith is. Now don't you like it when God ain't being secretive to you? But he just says, here's what it is. Yeah. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. Okay. So you can believe that I got these mints in my pocket. And that can be faith right now. Now, once I take them out of my pocket and I put them up here, you no longer have to have faith that I have them in my pocket, do you? So the things that God has already done for you, you don't need the faith that he did those things for you. You already have it. You already possess it. And it hurts to grow. 
It hurts to have to believe God for something else in your life, to believe for that next step. But I believe God has a purpose for each and every one of us in this church. And I don't believe that I'm in this by myself. They see, that's what we have to get over with, yeah. is that I'm not in this by myself. Brother Bill is in this with me. Elder Kenny's in this with me. Amen. My brother Fred's in this with me. Sister Mary's in this with me. And we're all in this, that we might all do something for Christ. And I'm reminded of the time when the Lord opened the prophet's eyes and he got to see the real army that was out there going to fight for him. Amen. And that's the army that we got to be focused on. And that's what I pray for each and every saint that's in here today and all of them that are coming afar off is that you see what God has spiritually in store for us and the strength and the might of what He's going to do in this land. People often wonder, well, what things are we going to do that's different? Here's what I'm going to do and promote. Simplicity. This isn't complicated. You come into this thing and you believe by faith and receive His Spirit by faith. And He saves your soul. If you want to build a life that has stature, a life that has a solid foundation, on a solid foundation, you're going to build it with the principles of Jesus Christ, and that's what's going to be preached in this church. Amen? If you want to even get it more simple, you want to know what God's wanting you to do with your life, you need to listen to Him. You need to ask Him. And you need to be open to His ideas. And the only way that's going to happen is if you get around the church people that are hearing His voice too. That you're praying. Not not just on Sunday morning when we do the little prayer together, which is good. But you've got to pray and you've got to have that relationship with Jesus. You need to learn how to hear Him for yourself. I just did a message a few weeks ago. Seven different ways that God talks to us. And there's more than that. There's more than that out there. That was just seven different ways. But you want to be there where you can hear the voice of God. To where no longer do you have to go nigh to thy neighbor. But you sit down and you say, Lord, what am I supposed to do with this? Amen. So now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. How many want a good report? I want a good report. I want to be able to say, Lord, it was hard, but yes, I believed you on this. More importantly, I want him to look at me and say, I know how difficult the flesh can be and how hard it was for you to look all around you and see all these things falling apart, but believe that I was going to walk you through this thing. I was going to get you to the other side. No matter how unpretty it looks, no matter how bad it felt, I had you trusted my word. You trusted my voice. Even when you couldn't hear or feel anything else, you believed in me. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. Amen. Well, I bless the Lord this morning. 
I believe that He's made us more than conquerors. Yes, He has. And I said something right at the end of the last board meeting because God told me to, and that was, we can do this. Not exactly sure how, but we can do this. You know, God's given us a great mission here, and I think we have a great opportunity to be a part of this community and to, to be a pillar of it and to see people led to Christ, to see people filled with the Holy Ghost and experiencing the love and the gifts of God yeah. through all of their trials, through all of their hard times, that the next generation, too, would have their testimony. You know, we all... You don't, don't, don't ever bother praying the prayer. You want life easier. Easier isn't what you want. More doors open. But easier isn't going to happen. There isn't anything that's been easy. Your parents before you didn't have it easy. And your children after you are not going to have it easy. But if they have God, they have the promise of victory in their life. And as Paul said, to die is to gain. At the very least, to die is to gain. I'm going to leave on that good old gospel ship. How many is thinking about that? You know, when we sing these songs, I like to think about what they really mean. Amen. I like to think about, yeah, I'm going to get on that old ship and I'm getting out of here. Amen. You all going to be stuck with whatever's left. Sorry about you, but I done did my doings and I am gone. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> But bless God this morning. He is a blessing God. And He's a God that's filled full of promises just waiting for us to believe Him. To believe on Him. That's His biggest, and that's our hardest thing. I've said this time and time again. Out of all the things the disciples could have ever asked for, there was only one thing that they really asked for that was impressive. Actually, I don't remember him asking for anything else but this thing. Lord, help us with our unbelief. Help us to get that unbelief off. And the only way I know to tell you to do it is to listen to the Word every day. Be involved in your church. Be involved with spiritual things when they're going on. You know, experience spiritual gifts. Do those things. No, it ain't going to take off. Every problem in your life isn't going to go away, okay? I'm not, I'm not, I can't promise you that. I can promise you this, is you will receive the strength to walk through whatever problem it is. That's the difference. And as that whole footprint's in the sand thing, we all I always like to read that. Even when you can't do it, if you believe on Him, He'll pick you up and He'll carry you through it. Amen. Bless the Lord this morning, church.